You're listening to The Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. I'm Alexi Castro. I'm Sandra Rivera. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. And this is the last episode. 300 um, ep- Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. All right. What were you going to say? God, she was waiting too. She was like saving. She's like, come on, come on. I can't do it now. The moment's ruined. This is the last episode, episode 300, and it's been six years. Years. How's that feel? It feels good. Now, of course, this is where my mom is saying, well, why are you going to stop? I don't understand. You've already been going for 300. Why not just keep going? Hey, see that? <laughs> that was Grandma Millie. We've had so many wonderful guests and memorable characters on this podcast. We've done this podcast from different cities, states, and countries. And we've seen my son go from this. What's up? To now this. What's up? And now to commemorate the 300th episode, the final episode, I'd like to take a moment and say thank you to everyone who listened to my podcast every week, to the ones who left me a review, who wrote to me, who commented on different episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Jose, come on. <laughs> you, you can do better than that. How about this? How about now an inspirational quote of gratitude from Jose a. Rodriguez. When you're feeling down and you have nothing else to do, listen to The Ellie Castro Show. Stop. When they're feeling down is when they should listen? <laughs> yeah, because it's going to get them a smile. It's going to get them laughing. So it's going to pump them up. But if you're not feeling down, just skip it. You don't need it. That's the message you want to send? <laughs> yeah, wait till you're feeling down and it's going to uplift you. No, Jose. Okay. No, my podcast is not like Prozac. You know what I mean? It should just be like a daily thing. All right. I got a different one. Like a vitamin. Gotcha. You want to go again? Yeah, I'll try no, it you again. You don't get to go again. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're Hold feeling. On, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Because you're starting off with, it doesn't matter. So maybe your quote doesn't matter. Okay. Maybe right. none of it matters, Jose. None of it. Why are you being so negative? I was just going to say, it doesn't matter if it, you're it feeling. It does, Jose. It does matter. My podcast matters. 300 it wasn't episodes. about the podcast. I Jose, was going to say, it what? doesn't matter how the person feels. God, Jose, mercy. Jose, this is the last episode on the Ellie Castro show. It's my 300th episode, okay? It does matter, Jose. Got it. Go ahead. Are you missing Lyat? Oh, my God. <laughs> you tried. Are you missing the Ellie Castro show? Well, tune in every Friday. Oh, my God. Uh, they're about two seconds away from calling the suicide hotline. Yeah. <laughs> Even your brain is quitting on you. Even your brain's like, we're, it's we're pointless. done. It's pointless. Mm-hmm. One more time. <laughs> Come on, Jose. Regroup. Mm. Come on. Don't look at me. (laughs) Don't take so long. The Ali Castro Show, where laughs are waiting for you. That's not an inspirational quote of gratitude. It's just, that's a promo piece, Jose. Oh, now you got it? I got it. Okay, go ahead. Thank you for 300 lovely episodes. Thank you for listening to all of our episodes. Thank you. For joining in our laughs. (laughs) 
you know, there are a lot of people who didn't even know I had been doing this podcast for six years or, or even how many episodes I had done. A lot of people don't even know I have a podcast. Point is, my podcast reaching 300 episodes in six years is an interesting fact a lot of people don't know about. And that's how I ran into this article. Weird facts you'll have trouble believing are true. Check it out. There's a company that turns dead bodies into an ocean reef. Oh, I love that. I don't like that. Wait, what? Not at all. What do you mean you love what? that? Yeah. Gosh, I love Why that. would Horrifying. you react with, I love it's that? It's nature. It's like those companies that will put you like in some kind of bag and bury you and you, you know, you can grow as a tree. You know, you fertilize the land. I don't know. All natural. I, I don't know. A tree feels a little different than becoming like a part of a coral reef. Yeah. Like uh, put on your swimsuit and scuba gear. We got to go visit grandma. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like no, it doesn't. It doesn't have the same beauty. That's a, a cool way to go visit grandma. For those who romanticize a burial at sea, the company Eternal Reefs offers an innovative solution. It mixes the cremated remains of a person with concrete to create a pearl onto which loved ones can etch personal messages, handprints, or environmentally friendly mementos. The pearl is then encased in a reef ball that is dropped into the sea where it provides a new habitat for fish and other sea life, helping encourage a vibrant ecosystem. This sounds like the mafia came up with this because you said <laughs> concrete and they're putting them at sea. This is the modern way of the mafia getting rid of people. I think it's beautiful. See, you all were thinking that they were going to stack a bunch of dead bodies up and create a yes, reef. Yes, I, didn't, I genuinely thought. Like in my <laughs> so mind when I. they said of coral reef, I was like, that's a bunch <laughs> of just like upside down bodies. Here's another one. McDonald's introduced drive through service due to the military. Oh, did you know that? No, not at all. I'm not even sure I understand the statement. McDonald's introduced drive through service due to the military, meaning it was because of the military that they came up with drive through service. I get the statement. I don't understand the concept. Like, why would the military need a drive through at McDonald's? Check it out. The first McDonald's drive through was installed in a restaurant based in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Military rules forbade the soldiers from wearing their military uniforms in public, and they weren't about to change into civilian clothes just to grab a burger and run back to base. So restaurant manager David Rich came up with a solution. Cut a hole in the wall and allow members of the military to pick up their orders without stepping out of their car. The convenience and simplicity of the idea quickly caught on. Hmm. Huh. I've never, ever heard that. I would have ne That would have been my last, last guess. So it all started with the military. That's pretty smart. Yeah, and then all the other fast food restaurants were like, hey, what are they doing? Hold on. We should do that too. Da -da 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 -da. Who has the best drive-thru? Chick-fil-A. Why? I mean, I, I think it goes without saying. Anybody who's been at a Chick-fil-A knows that you are in and out in seconds. I love it. Pet That's peeve. probably exaggerating. Pet peeve. It goes without saying. Now I'm going to say it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who has the worst drive-thru? Taco Bell. Yes, oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. Good, good, good. Here's another one. Alfred Hitchcock was frightened of eggs. The master of suspense who terrified audiences with movies like Psycho and the Birds considered himself an ovophobe, someone frightened of eggs. He said, quote, I'm frightened of eggs worse than frightened. They revolt me. That white round thing without any holes. And when you break it inside, there's that yellow thing round without any holes. Blood is jolly red, but egg yolk is yellow revolting. I've never 
tasted it. Well, then instead of the birds, he should have had a movie called The Eggs. The Eggs, Lo Huevo. Yeah. I completely understand that feeling. Not necessarily about eggs, but about something that is completely irrational to be afraid of. Okay, what? I am afraid of the inside of a toilet tank. Okay, that's a fact, by the way. That's yeah, a fact. It's a proven fact. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, is it like... The back part, like where the water sits? Yes. Like where you remove the lid? Yes. Sandra cannot be in the same room. Like if I lift up that lid, she's out. She won't even look at it. The toilet could literally be the cleanest toilet in the entire world. Yeah. She just redid her bathroom. They installed the toilet brand new. Never been used. Right. I opened the lid. She still refused to look inside. What's your fear? I don't know. I do not. It gives me the creeps, the the innards, the pump thing. I just, ugh. <laughs> she can't even look at a picture. I once Googled the diagram of what it looked like, just a diagram of it, and she got mad when she saw it. I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. Are there any foods though, like eggs to Alfred Hitchcock that that you just find revolting? Octopus. Yes, absolutely. The tentacles. Hundred percent. Yeah, you can go octopus. You can go squid. No, I like squid. Oh, how could you like squid and be revolted be- by octopus? Because squid doesn't have tentacles. So the in suction the- cups. Yeah, the little suction cups is what freaks me out. I was having dinner one time with Lisette and she put the octopus in her mouth to eat it and I swear that little leg stuck out and oh, grabbed the side it. of her mouth no. like saying don't eat me and I was like I'm oh, done. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to crawl out. But see anything like that like oysters all that stuff I find revolting. But for the boy uh, he finds basically sauce on a nugget. <laughs> revolting. Revolting. It's gotten a little a little better. He but it's still yeah. f- nope. He won't walk away from the table. He just won't eat it still. He but, looks like he's in physical pain sometimes yeah. eating certain foods. Like like a banana. He looks like he's in physical pain. I am in physical pain. <laughs> ba, 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 na, na. You're listening to the Ellie Caster Show. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Emeline Ramos, also known as La Doctora. Just wanted to congratulate my husband on his 300th episode of this amazing podcast. Babe, I'm so proud of you. But also, I wanted to thank everyone for all their love and support throughout the years. We could not have done it without you guys. My favorite episode or an episode that I love to listen to is episode 61, Thanksgiving in New York. It's where I talk about what I missed about eating for Thanksgiving in New York when I was away from my family. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it as well. Again, babe, congratulations, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. For 20 years, a cat served as a mayor of an Alaskan town. (laughs) I don't don't even know what to say to that. 20 years. How does a cat live that long? Yeah, that was my question, too. I'm amazed that the cat lived 20 years. (laughs) How long does a cat live? I would assume 11, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dr. Michelle, we get asked this question over and over again. How old do cats live? Um, it can vary. I think they do generally live longer than dogs. And um, this is my cat, Jerry, that I uh, have had almost 20 years. He'll be 20 years old in a couple old weeks. Man. And it's not uncommon to see cats live to be 18, 20, even older than that. Um, the oldest cat in my career that I've seen was Oscar, and he lived to be 26. In 1997, an orange cat named Stubbs became honorary mayor of the Alaskan town of Talkeetna. With a population of 772, Stubbs the cat 
served in the position for years, greeting tourists and becoming a beloved symbol of the town until his death in 2017. I can't even take this article seriously. I would just want to know, like, legislatively, how does that even happen? Like, how do you vote for a cat? Well, like, like a writing candidate. I know, but how does the cat just like, like, does someone just do it for them? Or I like how I, I thought you were, hey. were going to say, did somebody ask the cat? Like, like you want to run? Well, I'm with Alexi. Like, how does the cat swear in, too? Like, they have he, to swear he, in. He raises his paw. But does he? It's a cat, then. <laughs> It's not a trained dog. It's we a are cat. actually indulging this conversation. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it happened. And check this out. After his two-decade reign as honorary mayor, he died in 2017, passing on the torch to his successor, Denali. Another cat? A truck? No. no, no. <laughs> a truck. <laughs> they elected a truck. It went from a cat to an SUV? Yeah, check this out. Quote, he's my great-grand-kitten, Bender said. Quote, quote. Yeah, they actually they, said yeah, quote. quote. So my cat, Betavis, is the grandpa of Denali. It was kind of an accident. I was supposed to have him fixed, but he got out and found the neighbor's little kitty. And that cat, we kept around, and he had a little accident before he got fixed. And therefore, this is my great-grand-kitten. So I'm very proud that he's our mayor. That's the backstory of Denali, by the way. Is this the quote by the cat? No, that's the cat's owner. I want to talk to the journalist who was assigned this piece <laughs> and see where his career is. It says Denali, the cat, is a mayor that spends his day napping and getting petted just like the previous one. Quote, it's pretty amazing. They are very, very similar when it comes to behavior and what they do and even where they go and sleep. Wow. Yeah, they're both cats. So, yeah. It's kind of weird, a government official said. No, the whole thing is weird. What do you <laughs> yeah. mean it's kind of weird? This is coming from a government official? You have over 700 people in this town and nobody wanted to go for mayor and somebody had the bright idea, let's make the cat the mayor. Well, we all know the qualities of a good leader like dedication, assertiveness, and likability. And it seems the people in the town of Talkeetna have found all of those qualities in their mayor. Yes, yes, he's a cat. <laughs> That's right, a mayor cat. The folks in Talkeetna decided this cat's calling should be in in the mayor's office. He was the write-in. And lo and behold, uh, Stubbs the cat won the election that year, and he's been our mayor since. One look at all the visitors Stubbs helps bring in, and you might think twice when tourists call this place weird. <laughs> yeah, well, let them think that, but it's not. <laughs> so, of course, I had to look at the town, and we always have to find a good place to eat. I found a place called the Flying Squirrel Bakery Cafe. I didn't know they had flying squirrels in Alaska, but okay. He's the vice mayor. <laughs> so I found a one-star review because the five-star reviews are obvious, right? It's wonderful. Here's a one-star review from Kurt Lawler. Customer service needs much improvement. I waited for over 45 minutes for a bagel sandwich. Ended up leaving without it. Don't go here unless you plan on staying for a while. Otherwise, the food is good. Oh. How do you know? How does he know the food tasted good? He left. Like, he literally said, I left without eating anything. Maybe it's previous times that he's gone? Well, then he gave it a one star because of this time, but the other time it was great. There's a response from the owner. The owner responds, so sorry for your poor experience, Kurt. We had your bagel sandwich ready about 20 minutes after you ordered it, and we weren't able to find you. We called your name several times. You are certainly right that we were short-staffed on a busy Labor Day. And sometimes, as a small business, there's not much you can do when an employee is sick. We always do our best to be as quick as possible, but sometimes good food just takes time. If you come into Flying Squirrel again, please ask for Anita, and I will be happy to refund you or give you something 
everything else for the sandwich you never got. Again, apologies for your negative experience. We hope you'll try us again sometime. I like Anita. That's my style. That's what happens. These reviews, they want to exaggerate and they don't expect anybody to call them out and look what happened. But she killed them with kindness though. Yes. Yeah, that was like a total knockout and you wouldn't even know it. Yeah, like I would contact her just to apologize. I'd be like, forget the sandwich. I'm sorry. I was hoping Anita was going to say you can come back because the sandwich is still waiting for you. Here's another one. Squirrels are behind most power outages in the U.S. I could probably see that. Yeah, I agree. The sad part is the squirrels probably dying. Yeah, it says typically the squirrels cause problems by tunneling, chewing through electrical insulation or becoming a current path between electrical conductors. Yeah, like kind of a two birds kiss while on a wire, they become the electrical conductor and they die, but they also damage the wires. But what a kiss, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an electrifying kiss. I mean, if you're going to go. You're listening to the Ellie Castro Show, premium entertainment for free. Bueno, lo que dice hombre aquí es que el show es gratis porque las cosas están malas, así que disfrútenlo. The inventor of the Pringles can is now buried in one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? You're, you're laughing at a it's, burial. It's so random. It's the inventors of Pringles. It's buried in a can. But that can is part of a reef. Does that make you happy now? In 1966, Frederick Bauer developed the ingenious idea for Procter & Gamble to uniformly stack chips inside a can instead of tossing them in a bag. By the way, is that a big deal? Yes. Why? It's genius. Mm -hmm. Because the chips, 99% of the time, the chips don't break. They come whole. And as you reach in, in there, every chip is whole. Where in a bag, you're going to have 40 to 50% of your chips broken. It says Bauer was so proud of his invention that he wanted to take it to the grave, literally. He communicated his burial wishes to his family, and when he died at age 89, his children stopped at Walgreens on the way to the funeral home <laughs> to buy his burial Pringles can. See, it's at this point that I realized, oh, they're going to put the ashes in the can. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I just yeah. realized that See, now that you said oh that. Yeah. See, I, I genuinely thought they were going to like mutilate him and just like stuff oh him in like a God. big Pringles can. No, why would you say mutilate him? <laughs> this whole time, Jesus. I'm like, how did he fit in the Pringles can? Yeah, mutilate. No, I just thought they were going to make a coffin out of the Pringles can. I'm more disappointed that they didn't plan this ahead and have a special Pringles can made for him. They had to stop at Walgreens and dump out the chips for this. That's yeah, yeah that's a little odd. So this is I, the inventor yeah. of Pringles. Yeah, it's a little odd to stop at Walgreens on the way to the funeral home. I'd like to see that exchange. Excuse me, where do you have your Pringles? We have some on aisle three, but we also have some right here on the end aisle. Oh, thank you. Stacy, do we get the regular? Do we get the sour cream and onion? Do we get the cheese ones? I mean, dad always liked barbecuing. Shouldn't we get like the barbecue flavor? Yeah, but dad's first Pringle was the original Pringle. So like, are yeah. you guys ready? You have a line. So I need to check you guys out. I'm sorry. We're making a very important decision. To buy Pringles? I mean, that's pretty obvious. To buy an urn for our dad. And what? Died. Wait, what? Yeah, he invented Pringles. Oh, that's great. I need, we're going to put him in the Pringles so that then we can bury him. You're going to put your father in one of the Pringles cans? Yes. yes. Okay. But that can? Yes. Yes. That's kind of small. There's not a lot of him left. <laughs>
best life. Not a lot of him left. There's not a lot of him left. So, so is he even cremated? He's not even cremated, and there's not a lot of him left. There's not. Why are you even cremating him then? <laughs> Just wait another week. Yeah. As a matter of fact, do you have the single serving can? We don't need the big. Jesus, one. there's not a lot of him left. Now. All right, how about this one? Sumo wrestlers make babies cry for good luck. While most parents do what they can to prevent or stop their babies from crying, that's not always the case in Japan. That's because it's a 400-year-old Japanese tradition that if a sumo wrestler can make your baby cry, it means he or she will live a healthy life. During a special ceremony, parents hand over their infants to sumo wrestlers who bounce their precious tots up and down and sometimes even roar in their little faces to get the tears flowing. God, that sounds awful. Yeah. One of the parents was quoted as saying, he's not a baby that cries much, but today he cried a lot for us and we are very happy about it. You know, in any other world or out of context, that would sound so awful. Like you as a parent would sound so like psychotic by saying he doesn't cry much, but today he cried and couldn't be more proud. Because we gave him to a sumo wrestler. See, what makes it uh, acceptable is that they have to put in that it's part of a 400-year-old Japanese tradition. If they didn't have that, it'd be abusive, really. Who was the first sumo wrestler that grabbed the baby and shook him and he cried and he was like, oh, this is good luck. (laughs) He took it to the next level and shaking now. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's because he was like, "Uh, I'm either going to get in trouble or I can start a tradition. Right. Like, no, 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 no. This is actually good luck. Yeah. If you make the baby cry, it's good luck. You're going to live forever. Yeah. I mean, what baby? would not cry when you're being shaken by a sumo wrestler i would cry if i was getting shaken like me if a sumo wrestler was shaking me and yelling in my face yeah the tears are out yeah even now even now now. (laughs) i will be wailing yeah i don't have to be a baby to cry in that scenario either (laughs) yeah welcome to naki sumo the japanese baby crying festival this event takes place each year and is celebrated across the country it's intended to protect the babies from evil spirits It's a tradition that has been upheld since 1600. And there's even a proverb relating to it that translates to crying babies grow fast. Hey everybody, this is Tito Nieves. You're listening to The Eddie Castro Show. I'm a huge fan. Crying makes you feel happier. Yep. They don't call it a good cry for nothing. Studies suggest that crying stimulates the production of endorphins, our body's natural painkiller, and feel-good hormones like oxytocin. In short, crying more will ultimately lead to smiling more. In the words of Truvy from Steel Magnolias, next to laughing, crying is my favorite emotion. See, I'm afraid of tears because of what it's going to bring. Like, I'm afraid of the other side of tears. Sandra welcomes it. She's like, let's go. She hugs the pain. And the tears are like her pain exiting the body. Cleansing. So to you, a good cry like that is is refreshing. You come out on the other side like a phoenix. 100%. I just don't understand that. Every time I've cried, I feel awful the day of, the day after, and maybe even the day after. <laughs> after the after (laughs) and even the day that i'm recalling the day that i cried in sensible households we should all have signs a bit like the sort they have in hotels that we can hang on our doors and announce to passers-by that we're spending a few minutes inside doing something essential to our humanity and inherently connected to our capacity to live like a grown-up that is sobbing 
like a lost child. All right, here's the last one. This one's for you, Bob. The majority of people in Iceland believe in elves. Uh, when is the plane tickets being bought? A 2007 University of Iceland survey found that 62% of Icelanders believe in real-life elves. In fact, in 2014, protesters claimed a proposed highway would destroy an elf church, which to many was just a gigantic rock. Eventually, the church, quote-unquote, was moved to a safe place so that it would not be harmed and the construction continued. Again, they just moved the rock. Though the rock weighed 70 tons and required a crane to move it, the preservation of places important to elves is significant to Icelanders. I am less annoyed by that than the uh, honorary cat mayor. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? I'm with you there 100%. <laughs> so, I would rather have an honorary elf mayor that doesn't exist than a real cat that exists that's a mayor. That's right. Yeah, you guys are still bothered by the cat. <laughs> yes. And that was the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. I'm Alexi Castro. I'm Sandra Rivera. And I'm Jose Rodriguez. And that was episode 300. Thank you so much, Bihente, for listening. For more information on my upcoming shows, you can go to EllieCastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. You can find me on social media under Jose Arod. Remember, Bihente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. I'm going to end this like I ended my first one that I was on. What's up? What's up? Be good to yourself and be good to others. Adios, tú me encuentras a mí cuidando carro. Nos vemos. Who, who was that? Danilo. The cuida cadro. The what? What? Hold on. Hold on. It's been a while since I heard it's that all right. word. It's all right. The it's close. The cuida cadro. Almost. Carro. There we go. Now put oh, it together. it's a car. Yes, right. So it's a... <laughs> Shut up, mama. It's the cuida cadro. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of him left. Nos vemos! <laughs> that was good.